There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hit by hackers. Customers facing delays as the ferry service deals with a ransomware attack. Steamship Authority has confirmed the attack is impacting operations, whether you're traveling to the vineyard or Nantucket. Fully vaccinated people are safely shredding their masks. Well, I want you all to know environmental racism showed its face in a deadly way during the pandemic in my district, where more of my black neighbors died at a higher rate from COVID than any other community in Michigan. I once again apologize for the harms caused by the podcast and the tweet about the podcast. It speaks to that lit the fuse that turned into an terrible. We're going to protect fairness in women's sports. We believe that um, it's important to have integrity in the competition, and we think it's important that they're able to compete on a level playing field. And, uh, you know, you've seen what's happened when you don't have that. Ronnie D. Ronnie D. once again establishing himself as the the it boy, Alice, for the 2024 Fan favorite. elections. All right. We're going to go local here for a moment. This is also national. Alice, you don't know where we're going, do you? Say it's international. I don't know if it is. Okay, then go ahead. Um, Krispy Kreme may give Boston a second chance. The chain f- tried and failed to take on local juggernaut Dunkin' Donuts in the mid-2000s. Krispy T- Kreme is coming back, uh, considering Greater Boston for expansion, according to sources securities filing Tuesday ahead of North Carolina-based company's initial public offering. Registration statement, coming yada, yada, but Boston was mentioned specifically. Uh, there remains significant opportunity for hub-and-spoke development. What is the hell does that mean <laughs> i mean i think I in the angry. main place and then i am angry the uh, very very angry at this that's my guess i'm not sure situation um okay so this is my feeling on crispy cream alice no we don't need you screw i don't care i don't want them you, they, you know back when i was just beginning radio is when they were here 
They mm-hmm. never advertise, but they do this guerrilla marketing all the time. It's very interesting where they come in with, and drop just cases of donuts on the front desk. Yeah. And the sales guys would come out and throw the donuts in the trash. They did not want to give them any like guerrilla marketing exposure whatsoever unless they advertised. Well, I'm sure Dunkin' Donuts was a big advertiser, too. Oh, of course they were. Of course they were. But, I mean, we, they would have welcomed Krispy Kreme to advertise as well. But they didn't want to. They just wanted those donuts to get in the hands of the on-air staff who would then mm-hmm. say how delicious they were. No. And also, here's another thing. A lot of people who are who who I like, Alice, including family members who may be listening to this right now, are big Krispy Kreme people. But the same way I want to um, operate my suicide vest when I think of people like blowing into their hot chocolate. You know, it's a cold, blistery night and just... <laughs> In the same way, I want to ignite the same suicide vest <clears throat> when I'm a Trader Joe's and there's a person who's slurping the free samples of soup and I want to direct the wave motion gun onto <laughs> Earth and have it just destroy this planet. Mm-hmm. It, when people talk about Krispy Kreme, oh, and we waited and then the light came on and the donuts were piping hot. We, mm, we really enjoyed the donuts. How, what freaking romper room? The lights came. It's so quaint and cute, you know. <sighs> oh, it's so nice. The light. You should get there right when the light goes on. And then you had people saying, "You remember this is how you reheat a Krispy Kreme. You put it on in a microwave plate, put a napkin on it for exactly four sec, exactly four seconds, and then it'll be just about as good as original. But you can't go any further." Like, shut up. Any idiot like you who talks like that does not have the same palette I have. Yours is a moronic cardboard palette with cute and quaint things. The kind of people, when we had, when I was first starting into radio, we had Cupcake Day. And I used to have to, as a grown man, make the Cupcake Day announcement where I always <laughs> thought, okay, I can either make this announcement or just make things simple. I contemplated suicide every t- every week when I would have to make that announcement. I thought to myself, should I just, just throw myself out of the third floor window here? and die- Or just run into the Mass Pike and just in traffic? <laughs> or should I make this announcement as a 31-year-old man that it's cupcake day, come to the front desk? Oh, my God. And they would come and be excited. Grown men and women. Be- oh, cupcake day. How is this one? How's the chocolate one, Tom? Red How's- velvet? This is pretty wet red velvet, but they would they would be sports themed and things like that. Oh, the mm-hmm. soccer one, the soccer ball one's really good, Tom. Oh, thank. And they'd eat it in front of me. And I actually had this one dude who was wiped off the frosting in front of me and said, "Oh, wait, wait. he didn't want to eat the frosting." No, no, he didn't want to eat the frosting. I remember this idiot. He's an idiot. I still hate him. <laughs> he wiped off the frosting with a napkin. Said, "This is way too much frosting in this." I wanted to take a letter opener and cut his head off right there and hold it up for everybody to see in the the frostingless I, uh, uh, cupcake stains over his dead head. All things considered, I'm glad, so I don't, I'm glad you didn't go that route, honey. I regret that I didn't. I had an opportunity. Kid was an idiot. He tried to make me look dumb. He was little. I was 31. He was probably like 25. He was going to be a mar- like a promotions marketing go-getter. And we were having this promotions marketing meeting. Uh, already, those meetings, talk about thoughts of suicide. Those meetings, at any time, I thought to my, I would always think to myself, I would give anything for somebody to just roll a grenade into this room. It, could, it can stop right in front of me, and I will smile before I perish. But these marketing, uh, oh, yeah, because that's where all the marketing lingo was. I'm really going to take you to the mat on this one, you know. 
Can, okay. that's, they so were, you we were feel circling that back. Those people... We were not. We were reading off the same sheet of music. We were at the tipping point on things. We had to put stuff in um, silos when we talked. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Oh, this is before leaning in, but we were all leaning in. So, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Okay. So this <laughs> Krispy kid, Kreme. So this yeah. So this kid, because he, he was a know-it-all marketing guy, we we were having this meeting on on playing the best of Red Sox moments of all mm-hmm. time, um, and uh, and. Uh, he said, yeah, how about the time when um, Kari Stremski hit the walk-off in the 1975 uh, World Series? And I said, uh, yeah, has hit a walk-off in that? He said, um, yeah, Tom, it's pretty famous. You know, you work in a sports station. You figure you would know that? And I said, um, you mean, I know Fisk hit one. And and the, the boss says, yeah, it was Fisk who hit it. And the kid goes, wait. Oh, crap, it was Fisk. And wanted to say, yeah, f*** you, f*** face. <laughs> mark the tape. But, yeah, I will mark the tape, actually. <sighs> but, uh, anyway, he knows who he is. Idiot. <laughs> so, um, so probably Kreme. not a bad guy in the end, but I should have stabbed him to death. Um, okay, so, no, so so I'm not, I don't want the cute Krispy Kreme thing. And we're deigning to give you a second chance, Boston. Screw. Get out of here. I don't need... I have a, a Dunkin' Donuts is fine. It's doing fine for us. Unless Krispy Kreme wants to advertise in a Burn Barrel podcast, in which case I'm willing to uh, change. Uh, f- change uh, I'm willing to, what's that called? Etch a sketch. Uh, <laughs> my entire belief system. Uh, but yeah, I've had Krispy Kreme Donuts on the road. In the, you know, I didn't wait for the light. Unfortunately, I wasn't there around <laughs> the time of the light. But I, I read microwaved them for four seconds with a little napkin on top, like I was told to. Really? And they're fine. They're just fine. If you have a boring palate, well, do you like any donuts? Really? I, I think the the like the Dunkin' Donut Boston Cream Donut, the thing full of. Uh, the... Do you like the frosting ones that are hard to find now? I guess so. I mean. I prefer frosting filled to Boston cream filled. I like any, I mean, I'm a frosting guy. I used to freebase frosting as a little <laughs> kid. In, it was a problem in my house. My mother tried to keep frosting around for cakes, and I would just ingest it. The audience will not be shocked to know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the other parts of the of anything are useless. Like the cake part, other than the handle, what are we doing here? You know. So, that's not what we're talking about, though, Alice. Okay, let's begin the show. <laughs> Um, so I thought you were going to go to the ferries. That's why I said it could be international because the hacking well, has been an international problem now. Right, but that ferry is not. That just goes to the vineyard. No, I know the ferry isn't, but uh, the in your, the Russian hacking is an international yeah. issue. Right, and the, so now they've gotten the. It's not the Highline ferry. It's the Steamship Authority, which goes out of Woods Hole to the vineyard and I think Nantucket. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that is. Another ransomware thing where the website is down now, and that is, if they target that, that's like a small to mid-level target compared to certainly the pipeline, but that it could be effective because that could seriously, seriously inhibit travel and, I mean, especially in the summer months to do that to Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. That is like, man, hitting Orlando. You Imagine know. being stranded on Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about the vineyard or or people who wear Nantucket pants, and <laughs> I don't have a black dog saloon t-shirt, uh, no. t-shirt, no, or any of the things that I'm supposed to like. Mm-hmm. All I know is that VB likes Nantucket, so I'll, th- they think that's fine. But other than that, um, well, I assume, I'm fine. I assume John Kerry's family must have a problem too, because don't they probably get to nosh on their 
special island. Uh, well, the man has a boat, Alice. You know, very famously. And I don't know. And there's also there's a there's an airport there too. So I I assume Carrie's not slumming it on that ferry, Alice. Oh. That is not a thing that's just happening. He's flying in or getting flown in. Teresa's taking him. He's getting okay. one way or another. He's all set now? Yeah, he's all set. Um, but, I mean, that is, first of all, it's a very effective cultural hit. Two, it's super mm-hmm. locally smart to do that. I guess it would kind of be the same thing if you hit the Catalina Ferry um, in in California, where mm-hmm. it's it's cunning. It's a, it's a sharp move. Um, I don't know how you'd... I don't know, like another example. What another example of how smart that is would be. But in the summertime, that's that's smart. It's it's almost like well, I mean, people actually live there and need to go there and use that ferry mm-hmm. for to actually live, etc. But it's like hitting Thirty Rock in winter with when the ice skating rink is there. It's very they're hitting an institution, right? It's a smaller one, and it's truly a harassment. And it's supposedly these ransomware guys are not supposed to hit everyday people, right? They're supposed to hit big corporations. And- well, they're trying not to like hit. You know, they're they're not trying to bring people's like ventilator offline as they're struggling to breathe in the hospital. But that being said, they did hit Ireland's National Health Service mm. that they have there, um, and. You know, caused a bunch of people's appointments to be canceled, and we're breaching that data. I don't know what actually came of that. They said they weren't going to pay, so I, I don't know what yeah. ended up happening there. But, um, you know, they've been successful with the Colonial Pipeline thing. They got millions of dollars. Um, you know, now we have the the meat issue that this meat supplier, JBS, has had problems internationally, spanning Australia, the United States. Hopefully they're not down for long enough that will impact um, prices and supply here, but, you know, it, it probably will. I mean, it's hard to... The world is humming along. It's mm-hmm. hard to hit stuff that's important enough so that people will pay you without impacting people's lives, because stuff impacts people's lives. That's why it exists, you know? Like, that's just, if you hit something that doesn't matter, no one will pay you to put it back online. Like, it has right. to be. No, I, so I, it's I like, it has to be. I don't know how much money the Steamship Authority has. I mean, that's private, right? Is that It's not part of the the MBTA or anything. It's not owned by. I'm, I'm pretty not sh- sure. Yeah. Steamship Authority. I'm pretty sure it's private. Mm, you know who used to work on that? Just dug me in. Steamship Authority. This is New Bedford and Oak Bluffs. It's private. Okay. Am I wrong? Our personalized forms. Steamship Authority. Governed by a five-person board composed of residents from Nantucket, Falmouth, Barnstable. Massachusetts. As well as an operator ferry service between the mainland. The authority also operates several freight festivals, mm-hmm. thus serving the main link. Shipping. 1948 legislation. Okay. And the Steamship Authority was made a public entity in 1948, according to oh, so it's Vineyard News, according to this. Huh. Well, so when I say it's yeah, private, Yeah, it was that's... changed into a state-owned entity. Yeah, so right. it's owned by the state of Massachusetts. <laughs> I was talking about pre-48. Oh, Okay. Okay, Duh. so as you, everybody knows, it's a public authority, if you didn't know. So that would be the state of Massachusetts who has to cough up for that, which, of course, we will do. Uh, so, uh, but I, I wonder what's next. I mean, we could have one of these every week, every day. 
Is this the same group? I mean, or is this a more local group? I'm not clear that this is the same group, but I did see people saying they thought it was probably Russian. Um, but Imagine this. This is the new warfare. It's just extortion. Make, make a new Russian profit center simply shaking down all of these companies. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any more information on who but, it but is. I mean, this is like, like a developing this, this happens, story stuff. This happens in local police departments mm-hmm. in towns where right. they end up Venmoing these people. And there's no, I mean, the uh, IT security at like your local town office, I am sure, is not beefed up. And I mean, it gets worse for towns like our town runs our town water supply. Our, there was um, a hacking... Somewhere in the country fairly recently where like something got put into the the system that controlled water quality is like online and it was hacked and somebody logged into it and like put something in it that wasn't supposed to be in it or whatever. Like it's uh, problematic. I mean, and there are towns that that run their own electric company, right? Like that have their own electric grid that they run that's not on like a big company like National Grid. So that's a a problem and you know this sort of um you know security yeah let me information read security is going to become a big issue i would say here. let me read this about this um mm-hmm. florida hack exposes danger to water systems this is from pew right. research a renegade mouse cursor signaled the danger at the water treatment plant in oldsmar florida Imagine watching that. Mm-hmm. On February 5th, a plant operator at the city of about 15,000 on Florida's west coast saw his cursor being moved around on his computer, computer screen, opening various software functions that control the water being treated. The intruder boosted the level of sodium hydroxide, or lye, in the water supply to 100 times higher than normal. Holy bleep. Yeah, it's an issue. Wow. And like they caught it right away, so they did not like nothing happened. But yeah, imagine. After the hacker exited the computer, the operator immediately reduced the sodium hydroxide. This is a, an attempted mass killing. Yeah. Holy God, Alice! <laughs> Nobody is safe. It's time to panic. <laughs> well, maybe it's time to fire up our abandoned well on our property, honey. Yeah, no kidding. Um. Because, yeah, it's it's a problem that these things are online, but cities and towns don't necessarily have the resources to beef up their cybersecurity to the point where they can, like, resist Russian ransomware attacks that are backed by Putin, you know? so Wow, this is like, it's really kind of James Bond stuff. Yeah. Man, this is not good. We're screwed. I don't know. Did they ever find out who did the Florida thing? Um... Uh, old Pinellas County Sheriff's Office, FBI, and Secret Service are investigating the Old Martin incident. Investigators haven't identified a suspect and don't know whether the attack originated in the U.S. or why Oldsmore was attacked. But this is well, that's good. We don't know who did it. Just like we don't know who put the pipe bombs at the January sixth thing. Um, that's a good sign, I guess, that we don't even know who's doing this stuff. In the past few years, water utility systems in Jacksonville, North Carolina. And Fort Collins, Colorado, have been victimized in ransomware attacks, according to a 2019 study. 2019 study. Ransomware hijacks computer systems and holds them hostage until their uh, victims pay a ransom. 
A study noted that 25 U.S. water utilities had reported cybersecurity incidents in 2015 and that many cases go either undetected or are not disclosed. Reassuring, isn't it? Holy goodness. We're screwed. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's just water systems. I haven't scratched the surface <laughs> yet. I will be talking to a cybersecurity guy tomorrow on WTIC in the morning, Alice. Maybe we'll grab mm-hmm. some of that audio. Um, uh, wow, that is a that is crazy. So right now... And like I said, Ireland went through this. Um, the Irish Health Services system took down their whole IT system and... They couldn't like pull up people's records to know what medications they were on or anything like it was all online. And yeah, I mean, I think it's worth thinking about certainly how much we rely on these systems to just be up and running just automatically s- that people can log into them. No kidding. I just said steamshipauthority.com slash schedules 404 filer directory not found. Excellent. Okay. Thankfully, Alice. <clears throat> you and I are several tax brackets shy of going needing to, the... to go to Martha's Vineyard. Correct. So there we go. We're not affected. Exactly. Exactly. It's there's um there's um uh, protection in poverty. Else. Mm-hmm. So okay, let's move from coffee to ships to back to oh no from donuts to ships down to coffee. This is mm-hmm. my favorite story of the day, Alice. Yes. This is some serious stuff. The pavement coffee house employees moved to unionize. Would be first union in cafe in union cafe in Massachusetts. Well, em- I know where uh, I'm getting my morning Joe from now on. Employees at Pavement Coffee House, a local chain with locations around Greater Boston, have begun the process of forming a union, hoping to become these are baristas and line levels workers who haven't achieved the status of barista yet, hoping to become the first coffee shop in the state with a unionized workforce. Okay. Mm-hmm. You all. Another word for that is called a closed coffee house. Eleven members of the pavement pavement coffee organization committee, represented by the New England jo- uh, Joint Board of Unite Here Union, delivered a letter to the pavement coffee roasters owner Larry Margulies Tuesday morning that declared their intent to form a union. Can you imagine that? Just shut up and make the coffee, you idiot, or don't. <laughs> just leave and quit. In the letter, the employees asked Margulis to voluntarily recognize the union, not engage in, quote, any union busting activity, end quote, mm-hmm. and uh, enter into a good faith contract negotiation. Can you imagine having to, like, accept, like, even this play acting as something real? Yeah. Like, you can grind the coffee, you put it in a four tray thing, squeeze it in there so it really sticks, okay? And you can put a little fake straw capper there so we know which one's a decaf. And you can write the customer's name on that. Okay, monkey. There you go. That's it. In a statement to GBH News, uh, the owner said he would recognize the union. We have no intention of work working to stop our staff members from organizing, Margulis said, obviously laughing to himself. If they establish a union to present to us, we will work with them f- from there. He's probably a good progressive who's yeah. managed through in this pandemic keep some people on even right. though according to him the, the business was down 80 percent here we go though this is what i was waiting for emma delaney a 24 year old supervisor who has worked at the company's alston location if you don't know alston it's like kind of berkeley california in the sense that it's a total college town area full mm-hmm. of bars etc emma delaney a 24 year old and try to find her alice if you don't mind i can't i couldn't find her on online Emma Delaney, a 24-year-old supervisor who has, worked, her LinkedIn. who has worked oh really at the company's Alston location for almost two years, 
says she expects that a majority of payments, payments approximately 80 employees will have signed cards indicating their uh, support to form a union as of this week. We're sick of being exploited, Delaney said. And I think the fact that we get the opportunity to be a blueprint is a huge driving force behind this. You're not being exploited, Emma. You're working in a coffee house. She just got a degree from Suffolk University. I am not shocked. Mm -hmm. Well, use your very important, and I'm assuming relevant degree, to go somewhere where they won't exploit you. She is. Didn't you see that at the end of the article? She's leaving in two weeks. She's got a different job lined up. No, I didn't get to see it. Uh, The union committee plans... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Currently... Um, okay, so the union committee plans to, de- to demand a pay audit across all levels of employment, which is all the management needs right now, from management to kitchen staff. Well, we mm-hmm. want to make sure there's equities and a base salary increase for everybody. We all want raises. Now's a great time, I think, for a business, especially uh, hospitality, to give a raise. Currently, employees say they make the Massachusetts minimum wage in entry-level positions with a 25-cent hourly raise after six months of satisfactory work. So, That's, and let the record show, the minimum wage in Massachusetts is currently thirteen fifty an hour. Okay. And I assume there's a little tip-the-idiot jar there, in, in <laughs> there. Uh, currently, the, the entry-level positions, with a 25-cent hourly raise after six months of satisfactory work. Wow. They offer a 25-cent raise after six months. Mm-hmm. But uh, barista Isabel de Contreras is not pleased. That's just absolutely not enough for being a good employee for six months. Mm-hmm. Wait, That's not enough. I thirteen seventy five an hour is not enough. You know, when you've you've put in a whole six months there, you deserve more than that. I would say for to be a good employee for six months. <laughs> wow, they. I mean, you got to triple the salary. I think for six months we've been doing this, man. <laughs> Brista Isabel de Contreras told GBH News. And that's if you're good. If you're only average, your pay might stay the same. Oh, no, not stay the same. Oh, you know, I mean, because I think about, you know, working at the uh, mission control at NASA, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I think of grinding coffee and putting it in uh, cylindrical cups and handing it to customers. And I say, you know what? Pretty much the same thing. Same high level, um, you know, exercise in uh, work and commerce. If you're only average, you might, your pay might stay the same. The fact that that's a policy is messed up and something needs to change. <laughs> this is great. Congratulations, Barista Isabel De Contreras. Uh, you are an idiot. All right. De Contreras says they received a 50 cent hourly pay increase after being promoted from front counter to barista, in addition to a 25 cent hourly raise after working at the Alston location for six months. But that's just for being okay. Um, so she's already at 1425 right. an hour by my math. Okay. The union committee also plans to, by the way, when I was uh, having to announce Cupcake Day mm-hmm. at the radio station. Yes. I was not making as much as these people were. <laughs> and I was actually good. The union committee also plans to negotiate the union committee. <laughs> That's just absolutely not enough for being a good employee. Policy's messed up. You're right. The policy's messed up. Uh, obviously, you should be removed from the building. 
And then you won't have to worry about being good, bad, or mediocre as a human being. You can go. Go, Isabel. Go. You and Emma can play together. Uh, the union committee also plans to negotiate for paid mental health days. Oh, good. For the, the grind, get it, of working in a coffee place. Mm-hmm. Man, they just kept coming in and asking for coffee. I don't know why. <laughs> it didn't stop for eight straight hours. They kept wanting coffee, and then some people wanted bagels. What do I look like? Why? I was expecting requests for aluminum siding. That I'm prepared for. But they want coffee products. Relentlessly. They say things like cream and half and half to me. What is this language? Incredible. They need my mental health days and more flexible break schedule. Can you... So now... See, I love this. And thank you. This is WGBH's article. As somebody who employed people... This is why this is important, that these people use their names and that Google exists. Because <laughs> when they applied for a job with you, right. you would search for them. Right. All right. And I could immediately take a pile of the people who used to work at Pavement Coffee House and place it in my burn barrel in the yard <laughs> and watch the little embers of little Emma and little Jude Haley and uh, Isabel de Contreras go up in the air and away. <laughs> You're free now, Isabel. We won't exploit you anymore. Correct. Uh, the union committee, uh, they want mental health days with more flexible break schedule. <laughs> a, demand in, a demand inspired by the increased stress of working during the pandemic. According to Jude Hanley, a 27-year-old supervisor at the company's Alston location. Listen, Jude Hanley, 27-year-old coffee supervisor. Maybe you should be taking a bigger picture look at your life at this point. Maybe you should look at bettering your life rather than uh, creating a labor movement inside your coffee house. (laughs) Yeah, your energy could really go to something. I mean, there's a lot of jobs available right now. A lot of places are moving people right on up. Like, if you're upset with your pay at the coffee house, I know for a fact, like, all the big box stores, like Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, like, Amazon, all these places are... Paying people like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen dollars uh, an I hour was just to at start. Sam because... Walton's market right now, and it's nineteen bucks an hour for overnight stalkers. It, there's yeah, a nineteen. Sign. Jeez, that's. I mean, so it's really like if you're not happy with your coffee house money, there are jobs <laughs> everywhere. That... But you know what the thing is? Mm-hmm. The people that pay these people at Pavement Coffee, mm-hmm. they think they're above working at Walmart. Yeah. They're somewhere in degree, you know, they work in a cafe. That's where thinking people are. You know, they don't have to stock shelves and move, use a pallet truck. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's for dummies. These people are very important. Isabel and all of these people here, uh, Judy Hanley and uh, Emma Delaney. These people are very important. These are really smart, really important college educated people. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. the coffee place should be lucky to have them and should be paying a livable wage for them. Right. Uh, let's see. I feel so bad for the owner who's going to cooperate with this and just get screwed. Like, right. You know what he's googling right now? Um, AI. He is googling uh, automatic robotic uh, ca- <laughs> uh, baristas. The Robo Barista two thousand. Exactly. Industry workers and cafe workers were considered essential during a pandemic when the rest of the world had to close down, Hanley said. We're, you didn't have to go, Hanley. You didn't have to go. Right. To work. 
We're up early. Oh. Yeah. Imagine that. They're up early. They should get more than a quarter. What's what's that like to be up early? I don't know. I can't I, imagine. It's funny. It. Whenever I've had a job, when I had to eat, when I was uh, announcing Cupcake Day, you know, they said, you know what, Tom? Come in the front desk whenever you feel like it, you know? <laughs> or not at all. It doesn't matter to us. We're mental up early. Day. Imagine if you had told them you needed a mental health day. <laughs> <laughs> we're serving fa- we're serving people face to face, interacting with them and taking cash from them. Yeah, listen. Listen, moron. We know the things you do when you're working <laughs> the coffee house, okay? We yeah, see we're you aware doing- of what menial jobs are because a lot of us have done them. That's Correct. I mean, most Americans know what all these jobs are like. We've heard of all this stuff. We know about cash registers because most of us have had jobs like that. I mean, the vast majority of people have worked some of these jobs, whether in high school or college or, you know, as adults to get in somewhere and get in the door and work your way out. I mean, people have had these jobs. We're not unaware of what yes. goes into like fast food jobs or stocking shelves or anything else. Like we we know about them. We know about waitressing too. We know about all the jobs. We've heard of them all. Um, another contract goal is to demand <laughs> total financial and managerial transparency. Oh God. Madeline Tomasic, a 23 year old supervisor who has worked at multiple pavement locations since 2019 says many employees disagreed with top-down decisions about reopening during the pandemic and new rules allowing customers to go without masks. They were making decisions you know they were making decisions unilaterally without consulting anybody and <laughs> and rarely delivering uh, uh, us information at all. She said, "Well, can you imagine that? Yeah, the owners amazing. making decisions unilaterally. The person who found the seed money, had the idea, found the equipment, found the staff, had the business plan. Probably it worked it by themselves exa- for years before hiring yes, anybody. Probably not making 13 bucks an hour at first. Probably making zero money, maybe losing money. <clears throat> but they weren't involved. But, you know, he gets to make unilateral decisions, which isn't cool, man. We were also, we are also very short-staffed recently. A lot of people have been quitting. And they've had a lot of us working at different locations, which isn't typical. Poor thing. <laughs> different locations all the way from Alston to Boston to Cambridge to Alston. My wow. God, however did you get there? I know. And for those who aren't aware, Boston, the entire footprint of the city of Boston can fit inside Central Park in New York City. So it's yes. not like wildly spread out. It's all yes. right there. And we have like public transportation and all that stuff. Yes. Uh, we're also... I'm hearing the same st- sentiment across multiple locations. It isn't safe, and nobody's okay. It's not safe? Maybe because, like, due to the pandemic, oh, the, you're the famous, exposed the to new Kendall people. The famous Kendall Square massacre, man. <laughs> well, I'm thinking it maybe they safe. are figuring they're, like, exposed to a different community of people oh, for the virus right. or something. I don't know. That's all I can think that they mean by that. Speaking of thinking about things after the fact, I can't stop thinking about and my sister and I were texting about last night what that woman could possibly have meant yesterday when she said her pronouns were she, her, we, and us. I don't know. I don't <laughs> I, know. I spent too much time Alice, thinking about it. I don't know. I don't know what it means. I'm going to wager that if you ask any barista at the pavement coffee shops- They'll be able to tell me. They will be able to tell you. Probably. They, if that's what they go by. 
The pandemic led to an 80% drop in revenue during the past year. Uh, but, eh, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, and Marco, the guy, the owner says, um, we're a local business doing our best in times of incredible uncertainty and look forward to continue. This guy's being way bending over backwards trying to accommodate these idiots. He's trying to make idiots. it happen, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Well, I look forward to when uh, coffee is $15 at Pavement, and right. we can, uh, you know, uh, uh, oh not man. buy them there, and then it will go out of business, and they'll be making $0 an hour at Pavement, because that's uh, probably coming. Even as you said, even as she's helping organize the union movement, Delaney has one foot out the door, having, giving, having given her two weeks to pursue a new job opportunity outside of food service. She said she's still invested in this effort to elevate food service jobs to a higher level of respect. Mm-hmm. You're not doing that, my friend. No. No. No, I respect people who work in food service, actually, except these ones. Yes. <laughs> I don't understand why we can't just make it a place where people don't want to leave all the time, Delaney said. Because you're supposed to eventually leave food right. service jobs. You're not supposed to work there your whole life and make it a career. I think the, a, a lot of the high turnover rate is because the job sucks, so why not make them a little better? No, they, they are making them a little better because you're leaving. <laughs> I mean, all joking aside, though, this is, and, you know, this is not good that wages, that there's this much inflation. And oh, right. there's inflation in the cost of goods. We're seeing it in the housing market. We're seeing it in construction. We're seeing it. Um, you know, in, in these wages for kind of what used to be minimum wage jobs and stuff that they're now paying these wages that are like double minimum wage, basically. And, um, you know, just to keep people, just to keep people, there's yes. been a staff shortage and it's, it's a really bad problem actually. And these, this industry is surviving for now, but I've like seen now on social media a bunch of people posting generally from like higher end places, but from restaurants in like Miami and Las Vegas, these, you know, bar tabs from a night out that are like four, five, six, seven thousand dollars for the for the tab. Yeah. I mean, I saw one that had a seventy five dollar platter of chicken fingers last night that was in Vegas. I mean, I know Vegas is expensive, but I think that's a little more than usual for chicken fingers. Yes. Is it not? Can I get back to my employees? Uh, yeah. This is uh, Delaney. I'm a Delaney, 24-year-old supervisor who's leaving. Mm-hmm. There's people with kids who work at Pavement. They need to put food on the table, and they need to pay rent, Delaney said. Well, they're getting 13 bucks at least from this place. Yeah. You know, that's how It sounds like they're getting the 14 because they gave them an extra 50 cents, and mm-hmm. then... A lot of people are putting themselves through college. Oh, how tough for you! Well, I hope they're studying a lucrative I don't know field like is, engineering or I, something. I, I, this isn't forced prostitution. This is making coffees, hot water, and dust, and putting in cups and handing it to people. A lot of people are putting themselves through college. The food industry in general, general, is just really looked down upon as a job, like it's for kids or it's not a career. Well, in your case, <laughs> it is for kids, and it's not a career, because you're not good enough to be important enough to make it a career. You're a complaining little lazy pain in the ass. But that's so unfair to look at the, it that way, because if the whole food service industry were to up and leave right now, the country would be on fire. What? 
Yeah, that's a perfect metaphor. It's, it's like that's <laughs> of all the things the country would be if the whole food industry, service industry, were up and leave right now. On fire is not one of them. <laughs> in fact, the chance for fires would be diminished if it happened. But you know, she's—I understand what she's saying. She's an idiot. <laughs> Hanley, who has worked for the company for about a year, says they want to ensure workers' rights. Just make a coffee dummy, okay? <laughs> At the chain long after they leave. Oh. How noble of them. It's not for me. Civil rights. Workers' rights. I could find another job and go to their coffee shop, but at the end of the day... No, you couldn't now. No way. I could. <laughs> yeah, find your name sh- is Googleable, you know. <laughs> yes. I could find another coffee shop and go to their... Another job and go to their coffee shop, but at the end of the day, it's not just about me. Yeah. It's just about you. I know there are going to be people who come after me, and I'm not going to leave pavement worse than I found it. <coughs> Self-important little Gen Z moron. Listen, um, human rights hero, make the coffee and clean the bathroom and shut up, okay? <laughs> I also had to make coffees and clean bathrooms, etc. and uh, didn't try to make a, a human rights... I wasn't trying to be Norma Ray, you know? Freaking... It's not just about pavement and me and my coworkers. It's about the industry as a whole. I don't know why we can't all just support each other and give each other what we need, especially when people ask nicely. Oh, well then, if you ask nicely for to bankrupt the co- company, sure, there you go. <coughs> when people ask nicely. Shut up and work hard and be important. Be worth a lot more to Margolis or whoever this guy is who owns the place, right. and then you'll get paid more. Right now, you're being a net debit on the country, <laughs> on the company. You're complaining, threatening, uh. and you're a spoiled little jerk. So those are my people, Alice. This makes me happy. I can't. We need to. We may have to have one of these people on tomorrow. Okay, if you can find one who will come on now, they'll listen to this show. And they'll... God, can you imagine? <clears throat> okay, so Alice, let's get to some of this audio, shall we? Yeah. Well, first of all, can you read the story of Howard Bachner, MD of JAMA? Yes. So. Uh, Howard Bogner of the Journal of American Medical Association, that's uh, JAMA to you, um, he is stepping down because the journal of which he is the editor aired a podcast and posted a tweet, not involving him, mm-hmm. but involving other people who work at the journal who questioned whether um, everything in healthcare has to be about race and structural racism. Right, which is, uh, you'd think, a valid thing to say, considering like we rolled mm-hmm. up the vaccine with inequities in mind, and so with a, with a nod to social justice. So they just brought the idea up. Does everything have to be about that? Just right. airing the idea out. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. He immediately, first of all, they pulled the podcast and deleted it, and then deleted the Twitter, and this guy, the guy who runs JAMA, or ran JAMA, Howard Backner, ran to the podcast feed and and recorded this message. This is Dr. Howard Bachner, editor-in-chief of JAMA and the JAMA Network. The podcast on structural racism, based on the discussion between Dr. Ed Livingston and Dr. Mitch Katz, has been withdrawn. Comments made in the podcast were inaccurate, offensive, hurtful, and inconsistent with the standards of JAMA. Racism and structural racism exist in the United States and in healthcare, after careful con- this ain't a hostage video. My <laughs> goodness, consideration 
I determined that the harms caused by the podcast outweighed any reason for the podcast to remain available on the JAMA network. I once again apologize for the harms caused by the podcast and the tweet about the podcast. We are instituting changes that will address and prevent such failures from happening again. Yes, and one change just happened, uh, Howard, and that was you going out the door as he was Mm -hmm. defenestrated. So apparently the podcast featured a discussion between Livingston and Mitchell Katz, an editor at JAMA. Uh, In the episode, Livingston questioned whether racism could be embedded in society since it is illegal and questioned whether it was necessary to use Mm. the term racism since it might make people feel bad. That is harmful. Katz has condemned the podcast, which has been withdrawn by JAMA and said he was not a part of its production. Uh, And then the tweet about it when they posted up the episode of the podcast, it had read... um, it had read, no physician is racist, so how can there be structural racism in healthcare? Oh, that is harmful. Those are harms. <laughs> yeah, that harmed people badly. People right were badly harmed. So, And he's not even responsible for it. No. This guy, he didn't even do he it. He had to go. But he had to go. And people are glad, but with reservations, because the work, by the way, is just beginning. This is yes. not done for JAMA. The, no. Everybody a, involved could step down and they could bring in all new people and the work would still just be beginning. Can you imagine the number mm-hmm. of uh, seminars they're going to have to have in yep. that building? It's a good sign of good leadership that Dr. Bogner is taking responsibility, said Siobhan Westcott, an mm-hmm. Alaskan Native physician and longtime AMA member and leader with the organization's Minority Affairs section. And also a psychotic. I genuinely hope that the change opens up the opportunity for JAMA to rethink structure, leadership, and processes that held JAMA back from excellence in handling race. The AMA did not. In case you wondered if they were reliably reporting facts uh, about the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic, Mm -hmm. uh, this is where this is the nucleus. This is where the uh, ideology rests. This is where their real mission statement is. They're not about medicine. They're about wokeism. Yep. And poor Howard Bachner. Just, <laughs> just merely a casual collateral he, damage. He subscribed to the religion and he was smote down by the religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did not release the results of their ongoing investigation, um, but they have put in the search for the new editor is going to be led by Otis Brawley, who is black and I whose research so. focuses on racial, economic, and social disparities in medicine. That's great. Many That's scientists great. have criticized JAMA for not publishing you know or prioritizing research on health Why and equities. Why don't we get Emma Delaney over there to unionize she, I bet too. she can help. Raymond Givens, a cardiologist who led a major analysis of the lack of diversity among JAMA editors, still felt there was much to do to improve the situation. Yes. My goal isn't about a person, but about societal change. I don't see this as a cause for celebration, but a call to get to work. He tweeted. Absolutely. James said major change in welcoming at new voices at the journal were long Do you mind overdue. So much when you're when you mention these people just uh, listing pronouns. I feel more comfortable. I feel a little more <laughs> sorry. Less harmed. Um Jama did not get into the state it's in because of any single person. There's a culture of white supremacy that has to change. <laughs> there you go, got them all. Uh, got them all in. There you <laughs> yeah. go. Congratulations, Howard. Good job, Jama. Uh, Sayonara, you psychos. All right. Oh, I wonder where Jama is on masks. I know that uh, President Joe Biden has actually some new guidance. I hadn't heard this one before. Fully vaccinated people are safely shredding their masks oh. and greeting one another with a smile. 
Grandparents are hugging their grandkids again. Shred the masks. <laughs> and then smiling. Hey, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> well, I think you have to run it through an automatic shredder. Uh, I would think uh, something or one of those uh, bio uh, waste things as mm-hmm. well. Biden gave a um, a pandering and shameful spe- speech yesterday, of course, to a black audience uh, about the Tulsa uh, riots, uh, the Tulsa massacre yesterday, and he, I mean, we expect all the pandering and this and that, and that's his thing. He did not have a good day. Biden has good days and bad days tomorrow. Yesterday was a bad day. A belief enforced by law, by badge, by hood, and by noose that speaks to that lit the fuse. It lit it by the spark that it provided. A fuse of fury. Look good on paper. <laughs> was an innocent interaction that turned into an ins- 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 a terrible, terrible headline allegation of a black male teenager attacking a white female teenager. A white mob of a thousand gathered around the courthouse for the black... So, um... So here we go. Another bizarre a tangent by Bonanza. I challenge you. Find today when you turn on the stations, sit on one station for two hours, and I don't know how many commercials you'll see. Lay eight to five. Two to three out of five have mixed race couples in them. That's not by accident. They're selling soap, man. <laughs> Not a joke. Remember old Pat Cadell used to say, you want to know what's happening in American culture? Watch advertising. Because they want to sell what they have. We have hope. Yeah, I remember Pat Cadell said that. That was a profound <laughs> Watch moment. Watch the advertising. That's how they get Two you. Two to three out of five mixed race couples when you turn so. on the station. <laughs> Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. Yep. Here we go. No problem. It's fine. The data shows young black entrepreneurs are just as capable of succeeding given the chance as white entrepreneurs are. But they don't have lawyers. They don't have, they, they, they don't have accountants. But they have great ideas. Does anyone doubt this whole nation would be better off? From the invest- this is Biden freelancing a little bit from the speech. If you're the speech writers, you're going to be thinking, did, did, I didn't, did you write <laughs> Did that? we say there's no black accountants? Because- those people make, and I promise you, that's why I set up the uh, National Small Business Administration that's much broader, because they're going to get those loans. A not-so-subtle repeating theme from Joe Biden. The, uh, the other part, portion is a lot of people don't know how to register. Not everybody in the community in the Hispanic and the African-American community, particularly in uh, uh, rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts, know how to use, know how to get online to determine how to get in line for that COVID vaccination at the, at the Walgreens or at, at, at the particular store. Pretty bad, but at least he's not a racist. Like, geez, the reason I was able to stay sequestered in my home is because some black woman was able to stack the grocery shelf. Okay, but at least he's not a racist, like Ellie Kemper from The Office and from the 
whatever the Kimmy Schmidt show is. Correct. What was it she did again? Oh, she was at she was at some dance or something a couple of years ago. That was they yeah. Re- no, they well, this- more than a couple of years ago in okay. 1999, when she was 19 years old, she was crowned the queen of this like pageant that they have right. in St. Louis. That it well. So anyway, what was trending on Twitter two nights ago was that she's a KKK princess. Yeah, which that sounds- was a KKK dance of her. <laughs> so it sounds pretty bad which on the were, face of it. I can tell you, it. we're huge in the 90s. <laughs> KKK things. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're very big. So that sounds pretty bad until you realize that it's not actually about the KKK. So somebody just tweeted it and called this organization the Veiled Profit Organization in St. Louis, like our local KKK, and mm-hmm. talked about how she was crowned the princess of the ball by the local KKK. Um, which is not strictly accurate since this is an organization that started in 1878 prior to the existence of the KKK, their costumes initially bore maybe some resemblance to the KKK's later costumes, but they really they weren't inspired by it since it didn't come till later. And uh, they certainly, when they started in 1878 in Missouri, were all white. That mm-hmm. was It was like a, an organization for civic leaders, like a sort of local rotary yeah, club. I find it and harmful. they had this... So they had a veiled prophet. It was like this goofy tradition where one of them would dress up in a outfit with a veil and then like pick the queen of love and beauty from the people so it's like a dorky stupid like freemasons or something you know like a ritual thing that they do but mainly nowadays it was integrated a white supremacy yeah so by the 70s it was fully integrated takes people of all races all that stuff mm-hmm. so there's no reason to believe ellie kemper ever knew that it was ever even an all-white organization but you know, by the seventies it was fully integrated, everybody's in it. Right. And in the nineties, it's now just like a pageant for rich people. Like and You know who got it um who won the pageant the year before? Who? Gina Carano. Another Klansman. So, there's a, yeah. there's a so, Klanswoman, if you're a woman. I I don't we think I think Ellie the clan is all men pretty much. I don't know. But. The joint session of Congress, according to the intelligence community. Terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today. Not ISIS, not Al-Qaeda, white supremacists. What's your thoughts on that, Els? Um, I mean, white supremacists exist, mm-hmm. but I, I would say I think they're fewer in number than advertised, pretty much. Yes, they are. Well, so, so here's the thing. You're dealing with a handful of murderers. It, to call it terror is one thing. Mm-hmm. A handful of murders that are done by racists. Uh, yeah. And fewer than that are done by racists who consider themselves white supremacists. So a lot mm-hmm. of people are suggesting that the kid who shot the people in... Uh, the Who shot the people in... Uh, last year, the kid, the 18-year-old, shot the people... I don't know Kenosha. Oh, okay. Yes, Kyle yes, Rittenhouse. Yes, Kyle Rittenhouse. That he should be on this list of terrorist white supremacists, even though he's not really a white yeah, supremacist. Yeah, he's not really. A lot all. of people, you know, they, they're categorizing, they're, they, they're making categorization Categorizations. errors on purpose. You could even just say category errors. Category errors. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, on purpose. Um, and so, you know, there are racist organizations in the Midwest, and a lot of them do get in scuffles with cops. A lot of them shoot each other. A lot of yeah. them shoot at the cops. A lot of them get shot dead by cops. There's no mm-hmm. doubt there are those. But the suggestion that there is white supremacy or white supremacists around us right. is not 
True. This is a way to scare people. This is Well, and also BS. the media has done everything that they can to elevate whatever white supremacists they can find. Nobody would know who Richard Spencer even was if CNN didn't spend a bunch of time when Trump was getting elected president. Exactly. Having him on TV, raising his profile. You think the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville could have happened there with white supremacist groups attending and being organized like that if they hadn't had their profile raised specifically by the mainstream media trying to make them into a thing like obviously not the proud boys wouldn't even be what they were like look there look at what the media did when trump said to the proud boys stand back and stand mm. by or whatever because they were telling him say stand down and he was like stand back stand by i don't know that was a wink to them yeah it was a wink yeah so when then everybody all the pundits then get on tv afterwards and it's like trump was talking to the proud boys he loves the proud boys the proud boys are a very organized white supremacist group that trump loves them and thinks they're great like well when all the talking heads get on there and say that it makes the proud boys seem more important than they are nobody should be giving them that kind of oxygen their name shouldn't even have gotten said in that presidential debate no one would even know what they are like it's a recruitment boon to them when that happens yeah i mean just there's nothing that will not be used and exploited and used in an opportunistic fashion um there's nothing that's off the table certainly the covid uh, the pandemic was used oh yeah for you know, for that's why reasons. they never wanted to end. That's right, and that's why they, now you have journalists saying, "You know what? It, just because Trump says it, maybe it's not wrong." And and you know, you had Ari Berman the other day, or, or Ari, whoever the guy is from CNN, say, "You know, they spent the whole entire year using the the pandemic to try to, <coughs> to, to get mm-hmm. rid of Trump, and largely it worked." Um, it, but you had now it's interesting. Ari Berman said, "You know, it's not our fault for not." blaming the Chinese lab, not blaming the lab theory, because in the White House, you had a white supremacist, um, you know, um, a Cretan liar in the White House. So how are we supposed to believe anything he said? Well, so so that's interesting, Alice. So if they're not going to believe anything Trump said because he's a white supremacist, uh, evil person, then what was CNN doing at all asking him any questions? Why ask him anything about anything? If you don't believe anything he said because he's a racist SOB who you want out. Well, the only reason you'd ask him any questions then is to simply try to agitate and get in the news, which is, of course, what they did. You know, that's why we didn't have many standard questions asked of Trump. There was Jim Acosta Acosta yelling at him and trying to get in a fight with him. That was it. Mm -hmm. It's like, fine, okay, you you hate the president and just kind of everything he says. Well, you're the one who then stopped doing your job, admittedly. Right. You know, we don't believe anything he says, so we'll just do what we want. Okay. Well, then, okay. I, you think maybe you want to tell the, the viewers that while it's happening, but it doesn't matter. Okay. So, uh, where are we, else? Where are we? Where are we? I think we have to talk about the Fauci emails. Okay. We should. Yeah, um, because we're... this is a huge news story. Washington Post and BuzzFeed foiled all Fauci's emails from the start of the pandemic. So it's thousands and thousands of emails and people have been going through them since last night. Um, A few interesting things. Most of the headlines have just been about like, you know, he barely saw his wife the whole month of February. He worked so hard. All the pressure fell on him, like this type of thing. He was confused by all the attention on him and how people loved him. Yeah, he was so humble. Anyway, um, but 
more interesting, probably, are a few emails. Um, he certainly said, despite what the Biden administration said, he told multiple news organizations he was not being muzzled by the Trump mm -hmm. administration, that they weren't keeping him from talking to anybody. Um, That's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Since he's on TV mm -hmm. six times a day. Um, it's also interesting that he in the early days of the pandemic was emailing people and had a conference call about whether or not the virus was modified in any way. So, I mean, it's not clear. Some of this stuff is redacted and some of the people involved say that this isn't what it is, but, um, he did have an email from Christian G. Anderson, who's one of these people that says he's like a scientist who says there's no chance it was, you know, modified at all. But this is um, back at the end of January of 2020. He was emailing Fauci and saying, um, you know, they can't answer whether the sequences in the virus are unusual individual residues, except if they're completely off. He says on a phylogenetic tree, the virus looks totally normal and the close clustering with bats suggests that bats serve as the reservoir. But the unusual features of the virus make up a really small part of the genome. So one has to look really closely at all the sequences to see that some of the features potentially look engineered. We have a good team lined up to look very critically at this. So we should know much more at the end of the weekend. I should mention after discussions earlier today, where we all find the genome inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory, but we have to wow. look at this much more closely and there are still further analyses to be done. So these opinions could still change. Now, yes, he does say the opinions could still change. And he says now that, you know, based on what they know now, it's well, that's kind of not what he was saying. But along the it's way. not what they were saying right. last February, certainly. And it's interesting that he, um, you know, was was talking about this with people. He also was um, exchanging emails February 1st. This is the day after that with Hugh Oshenshloss, who's at um, NIH and NIAID, um, who says, who sent him an email February 1 saying, the paper you sent me says the experiments were performed before the gain of function pause, but have since been reviewed and approved by the NIH. Not sure what this means, what this means, since Emily is sure that no coronavirus work has gone through the P3 framework. She will try and determine if we have any distant ties to this work abroad. And Fauci replied, okay, stay tuned. He then later that day emailed back and said, Hugh, it is essential that we speak this a.m. Keep your cell phone on. I have a conference call at 7.45 a.m. with Azar. It will likely be over by 8.45. Read this paper as well as the email I will forward you now. You will have tasks today that must be done. Thanks, Tony. Hmm. So people are pointing at this and saying, what are the tasks? What was the outcome of this conference call with all these people on it where you guys discussed whether or not this thing was engineered? What did you talk about? And, you know, this was a big conference call. Tedros, whatever his name is from the mm -hmm. WHO was on it. All these people. So this was a big deal. And I mean, they were talking about this at that time, certainly at a time when they were calling it a nuts conspiracy theory and saying that everybody who said anything about this was totally out of their <laughs> minds. They were obviously talking about this. I mean, and it's a CYA and the, conference call and the words gain of function were getting thrown around to see if they had any distant ties to the research. And yet we're calling Rand Paul a lunatic for suggesting mm -hmm. this in Congress. So, I mean, I would say that there has to be some discussion here of what 
this was about and what the outcome of this was and to get more information. Uh, the mainstream media does not seem too interested in pursuing that. They would prefer just to talk about how much pressure was on Fauci and what a saint he is for all this. But, um, I mean, this isn't going to go away. These emails are now public. They've been FOIA'd. They're out there. People are talking about them. And there's going to be really a push for more information. So, I mean, I, I don't know... It's interesting that this FOIA request was granted right now and so clearly, I mean, like, this doesn't look great for Fauci. I don't think that, I I mean, I, I, I don't think he's going to be in his bureaucratic job that much longer and they can, <laughs> you know, send him off with a nice retirement party and well, balloons I mean, and thank it, him and everything. With, but I, with Trump gone, you don't need Fauci anymore. <clears throat> you know, he was the counter yeah. to Trump. He was a conscience inside the White House that could counter Trump's careless, you know, demands about, that we all drink bleach, according to them. Um, and, right. And I think he's in too deep with this stuff. Right. And like now, so, I mean, if our intelligence services are about yes. to, they've been warming everybody up. For the idea that maybe this did come from the lab now. Yes, and so, so you if know our, what? We might have missed something a couple days ago. Yeah, so if now so that our was intelligence... Fauci, CYA, now you have the intelligence services CYA, and now you have the media's CYA, in, yeah. and theirs is going to be to torpedo So Fauci. if the intelligence services are going to come out with something now that's going to show that it was this lab, and Fauci had a hand in funding it, and whatever, that, you know, that's... I think they're trying to get out ahead of this and get rid of him sooner rather than later, probably, because it's, <laughs> it doesn't look great. I mean, like, I don't... And then, you know, you'd have, again, you'd have Trump, who had criticized Fauci again and again, being right, <laughs> which is part of this the media will not be... No, 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 no. Again, he'll just have been wrong because he was... He he was right only so because he was racist. So call you homegirl? Sure, you can call me homegirl. So homegirl. Can I call you home slice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a. I think that's fairly nineties. Okay. Um, so I think we got a bolt here. I think it's time to bolt. I'm just going to end with a little Desantis saying the thing that he says that makes us happy here. What message are you sending to LGBT people signing up for the first day of Pride? That was a reporter saying, you know, what's the message you're sending to the LGBT people considering you signed this um, this law saying that boys can't compete against girls okay um first of all the it's it's not a message to anything other than saying we're going to protect fairness in women's sports we believe that um it's important to have integrity in the competition and we think it's important that they're able to compete on a level playing field and uh you know you've seen what's happened when you don't have that here here ronnie d yeah what else you got this raises a good point which is that we were remiss yesterday and not wishing each other and our listeners a happy pride month which is one of the most important months of the year i would say you know i was wondering you know yesterday i was looking for jobs and all of the logos i found were rainbow right and i'm like wow i I guess i'm going to be applying to places that are gay i guess uh, <laughs> well it's just funny because there is like now some outrage in the gay community a little bit similar to how they're like not pleased that all these like families are now coming to pride with their right. little kids because they can't be in their fun leather outfits and stuff yes um that it's like taking something away from their community they're also now like getting a little annoyed that like 
Raytheon and Bank of America and everybody, all the yeah, companies. The, the, the are missiles all, are rainbow colored now. <laughs> well, they are. I mean, it's been like a joke meme on the right forever. Mm. But like, oh, well, now the bombs that are falling on us, the drones that are shooting us have rainbow flags on them. And they're, you know, being commanded by a, a woman of color. So it's all good now. Thank goodness. And, you know, we're flying our pride flags at all the embassies. Putin made fun of us. Because yeah. uh, oh, we have a right. rainbow how, flag how on the embassy. Dis- disgusting is that? How <laughs> and, disgraceful! Uh, and it's yeah. not that it, it, it's nothing against gay people. It's just that like, it's just such a disgusting pander by the by this. Yeah, I mean, like, stay out of the frigging none embassy. None of these people, whatever. None of these people care. Like, do you think Raytheon cares about gay rights? No, <laughs> I mean not. they don't remotely. They don't want any trouble. What <laughs> yeah. So, but. Or like there were all these complaints because all these clothing brands and stuff come out with pride collections now. Mm-hmm. So like they Target has all their rainbow clothes, Walmart has all that their I don't rainbow mind clothes. Because actually, they're that they're they're actually selling a product very astutely, selling a product targeted, and I don't mind that anymore. Well, yeah, but the gay community minds it because they feel that they're just trying to make money off them. <laughs> You think? So I was like watching this TikTok of this kid who was like, Disney and Marvel are coming out with all this pride merchandise. And it's like they keep like trying to make money off us, selling us all this rainbow stuff. Like, Funny how that works. <laughs> yeah, weird. Uh, so, um, so, yeah, it's interesting to watch the kind of um, the like grassroots countercultural nature of the movement be sucked dry by these big corporations it just turning it into another thing that you have to buy merchandise for and uh oh that's right i'm oh. sorry it just you just jogged my memory that we have rashida to leave talking about environmental racism <laughs> oh, we'll yeah. talk about that we'll do a play it yes tomorrow it's, it's yeah it's, it's just idiocy it doesn't matter she asks the owners of banks or the ceos of major banks if they live near oil refineries because uh-huh. they've given money to oil refineries lent money to oil refineries oh. and those refineries have been a blight to black neighborhoods and underserved communities and have uh it's a class thing not a race thing but i understand anyway you know it was just showboating so but they probably all have rainbow rainbow flags on all their twitter advertised for all those companies so i don't see what the problem is they're good now everybody's good nobody is harmed (laughs) anymore so happy pride month to you burn barrel fans uh burn burn barrelers burn burnouts I can't say I can't say shadheads. I can't call people I that. Know, it's I don't rude. Know. But anyway, you can find us um, at Burn Barrel Pod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, Burn Barrel Podcast.com. You can send us an email, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com, or uh, find our YouTube channel, Tom Shaddock's Burn Barrel on YouTube. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.